This is Your Business Unleashed, a podcast about building a business that makes money without you. I want to help you grow your company effectively so you can enjoy your work and your life more. I'm your host, Clayton Aiken. I'm an accountant and business advisor, an entrepreneur and a family man. Every episode, I'll provide simple, actionable insights for entrepreneurs who want to get off the treadmill. We'll talk to other business owners about their journeys and industry experts about the tools that they use to gain a competitive edge. Let's unleash your business. Welcome to this episode of Your Business Unleashed, where I'm going to give you 12 of my top productivity hacks. You know, I thought I'd give you a summary of some of the tools and methods that I use to make sure that when I'm at work and engaged, I can achieve maximum productivity. There's periods during my work year, like July and June of this year, where I'm traveling a lot for work and pleasure, biking, camping, hanging out with my kids a little bit more. So the time that I spend actually doing work in the scope of a week is actually greatly reduced. So when I do turn up at work, uh, which for the last seven weeks has been two or three days a week, I need to be super focused and effective so that I can try and get, you know, a similar level of work done. So here's 12 of my best productivity hacks to help get this done. So number one, the number one productivity hack that I have for you is you should work to replace yourself. One of the best pieces of advice that I've received was from one of my uh, mentors who told me when we started working together, he said, Clayton, from today forward, I'm going to be working very hard to get fired. The day that you don't need me anymore is the day that I've done my job properly and completely. It's the best day. That really resonated with me. From that moment on, I started plotting all the ways that I spend my day and started hiring out uh, all the stuff that I don't enjoy doing. In the last five years, we've quadrupled the size of our team so that I don't have to wear all the hats around here. It's not as simple as just hiring people. They need to be trained, mentored, resourced, encouraged, but working to replace yourself consistently, constantly uh, with culturally aligned adults is my number one productivity hack. And by the way, this ain't easy stuff. If you want some guidance on how to effectively achieve number one and build a good team, um, consider checking out a membership in my three to five club. It's a mastermind group for CEOs to figure out how to get this done. Um, And it's available to everybody. Uh, We have an online session as well as in Calgary. Okay, number two, it's important to set expectations with those who you work with. My team knows that I take a lot of time away from work in the summer. They also know that I leave time in my calendar for impromptu meetings, but where possible, I prefer scheduled, agendaed meetings. So more on both these later. All right, number three. So we got to set intentions. So every Sunday night, I take 10 to 20 minutes to review my calendar for the upcoming week with my wife so we know what's coming up and what's going on. And we talk about um, each other's weeks and each other's pinch points um, and figure out if we need babysitters or if we need to move an appointment uh, for anything family related. Uh, Family always comes first in my calendar. Then every Monday to Thursday, uh, every night, I spend three minutes looking at what's coming up tomorrow. And then every Monday to Friday morning, I do the exact same thing, which seems a little counterintuitive because Monday night, I'll look at my calendar, what's happening for Tuesday. And then Tuesday morning, I'll do the same thing. But what I'm doing here is I'm setting intentions for how my day is going to go. This helps me do a number of things. So again, I set my intentions for the week and it gets me thinking subconsciously about how to be the most effective in my upcoming meetings. Number two that it does for me is if I need to plan for a meeting or something in my week, I'll create calendar events to block off time for planning more on this later. 
later. Um, three, it also removes the stress of having to plan for last minute things, which for me adds a tremendous amount of stress to my day. Stuff definitely pops up during our work weeks. Um, that happens for everyone. But why treat every meeting as a last minute engagement? We can be a little more intentional here. And then the last thing is it also allows me to see holes in my day where I can plan personal items like trips to the bank or to the grocery store or whatever. So that's the first three productivity hacks. Number four is to use your calendar. Everything in my work and personal week revolves around my calendar. Everything's in there. If it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen. My family and I even have a shared calendar so I can see everything that's happening in my kids' world and my, my wife Erica's world. And if she needs me to do something with the kids or, or she needs my support for something, Erica will send me an invite calendar out of our family calendar and put it into my main calendar so she can go to the hairdresser, go to the gym. So my team knows that I'm not available during those times, ensuring that your calendar is up to date and accurate helps you set these intentions and avoid interruptions. It's very important. Put everything in your calendar, or at least I do. Okay, number five, use an automated scheduling assistant. I got so sick of emailing back and forth with people trying to figure out a time to meet. Hey, can you do Tuesday at two? No. Can you do Tuesday at three? No. This is a huge drain on everybody's time. I could have just hired a personal assistant to run my calendar, but I couldn't imagine anyone actually enjoying that job. Sorry if there's listeners who do. So I look to tech. Now when I need to meet with someone, I refer them to my email signature, which has a very handy button in it that says book a meeting. It used to link to Calendly, but then we switched to Microsoft Bookings because it's included in our Microsoft 365 subscription. So it's free, which I love free. Well, that's not really free. We pay a subscription, but we're already paying it. So it's like it's free. You can also use these tools to set up rules like only three minutes per day or sorry, three meetings per day, a minimum of 12 hours before bookings. Um, 15-minute spaces in between bookings, no meetings over lunch. I actually have a separate meeting link set up for lunches and no meetings on Friday whatsoever. Okay, so that's number five, used an automated scheduling assistant. Number six, used blocked time. I block off Fridays completely. A lot of the year I use it to get things done, but I'm trying to take more and more Fridays off to hang out with my kids and with Erica, do some writing, whatever. I also block off focus time during my week so that I can bear down on actually doing things. I use, uh, I usually do this on Sunday nights, blocking off my calendar uh, for the upcoming week. Blocking time in my calendar serves a couple of purposes. The first thing it does is to help me uh, set my intention to clear things off my to-do list during that block time. Time. Two, it shows my team that I'm unavailable for meetings and to solve crises during that time. Everybody in our team gets to see everybody else's calendar. Uh, three, it makes it so that the automated scheduling assistant when I, that I referred to in point five won't let anyone book in during my block time. Okay, so that's number six. These are all huge time savers. So number seven, agendas for all meetings organization-wide. Every single meeting, whether it's impromptu or scheduled, should have an agenda and a stated purpose, stated call context. Meetings without context and a desired outcome are more often than not a complete waste of everyone's time and result in rambling and storytelling. No one has time for this. Stop doing it. Set an agenda for every meeting. Number eight, regular meetings. Every week, our various teams gather to discuss what's going on during their week. Everyone shares their upcoming work for the week and their challenges, and they ask anybody for guidance that they might have or a similar experience or how we can support each other. So get into a groove of regular scheduled meetings. We meet as an entire company once a month to talk about high level company things and just keep everybody in the loop of what's been going on uh, at Aiken Henderson. Number nine, unsubscribe or create inbox rules. So how many of you listening to this podcast right now have 500, 1000, 
10,000 unread items in your inbox. I'm not sure there's a bigger source of anxiety for me. I use my inbox as a pseudo to-do list for items that I want to quickly action. If it's something that can wait, I flag it, which puts it into my to-do list for later. More on this in the next point. Managing an unruly inbox or simply ignoring things is a huge drain on mental resources or a huge strain on your relationships. If you say otherwise, you are likely lying to yourself. And I've not met anyone who can effectively manage this kind of an inbox with a thousand or 10,000 unread items. When I ask people about why they let so many items accumulate in their inboxes, the most common excuse I get is most of it doesn't matter anyways. Why not set up your inbox to only show what matters? This can be done in two easy steps. One, unsubscribe mercilessly to any and all email lists. There's two or three newsletters which I read on the regular. Everything else gets unsubscribed from. I realize that this is counterintuitive to someone who provides a load of information through their email campaigns, but it forces me when I'm creating those uh, newsletters to put better content in and produce better newsletters so that I can be someone else's two to three newsletters that they regularly read. And then the second thing you can do is set up folders and rules for anything that doesn't really matter, but I may want to read it later. I set up a folder for that thing, say CPA Canada News, and I set up a rule that filters that item out of my inbox. I'll also set up rules for invoices that come in. I will auto forward that into our AP system and I'll archive it so that it doesn't sit in my inbox. You can always go to your unread items filter and see everything that you missed, but this one keeps your inbox nice and clean. So like me, you can use your inbox as a pseudo to-do list. The challenge here is that it needs to be done regularly and probably a lot. If you're clearing out uh, rules in your Outlook inbox, so you got a thousand unread items, you're going to have to go and figure out the specific identifier, whether it's sent from someone or something in the subject line, and figure out the rule that will properly filter that. And you're going to have to do quite a lot of that at the beginning, but I promise you it drops off. Okay, so that was number nine, unsubscribe and create inbox rules. Number 10, use a to-do list. I use Microsoft to-dos because it's included in Microsoft 365 suite. It comes with amazing iPhone iPad, Mac, PC apps. You can create categories, share your to-do lists with, I share certain lists with Erica, I share certain lists with other people around the organization. We can set dates and times and reminders for when you want to accomplish things, etc. Best of all, when you flag an email in Outlook, it comes into your Microsoft to-do list. So some lists that I have going on the regular are books that I want to read, uh, podcasts that I want to listen to, things that I want to get done this this week, grocery lists, a checklist for getting my trade ready for camping. You can list anything. And I'm a big lister and I believe in uh, doing it electronically on a, on a, on a system that allows you access to it everywhere. Number 11, get out of each other's email. I think email will always have a place in the world, but like paper mail, I think it's dying a slow death in favor of chat programs. Our team at Aiken Henderson is not allowed to email each other. We use Microsoft Teams, which is absolutely brilliant. And I know a lot of teams that use other channels like Slack and other great tools to keep out of each other's inboxes. Similarly, for customers who we interact with more than once or twice per year, we set up a team site for them so that we can authenticate them in when they have questions for us, they can post it in their chat. It keeps everybody out of each other's inboxes, reducing the amount of unread items uh, that I talked about in number nine and ten. Lastly, number 12, and this is a big one, this is a big one. Turn off all your notifications and remove apps from your phones. Do it mercilessly. Do it often. The average worker in America only gets a couple minutes of uninterrupted work done in a day. 
Every time we lose uh, focus or lose our attention, when we're constantly switching gears from whatever we're doing to checking our LinkedIn status or hearing a ping go off in the background, our focus is broken and the time that we lose to that is absolutely immense. I know this firsthand from working on accounting files where I don't have all the information I need to get a file done. So you take it as far as you can, then you put the file down and you come back to it a few days later. It takes 10 or 15 minutes just to get back into the file. Well, we're doing this to ourselves all all the time with our apps and our notifications. There's studies that show that the focus you lose by doing this is more detrimental to our productivity than coming to work stoned on weed. Turn off all your notifications everywhere. Your computer, your phone, your watch, your iPad, turn it off, turn it all off right now. You can look at the notification later. I promise you, you're not that important that you must respond in five seconds. Trust me, it can wait. Okay, okay. The only notifications that I see uh, on the regular and immediately when they happen from my wife. She gets through my text messages and my phone calls right around because trust me, those cannot wait. One of the best things that I've ever done for my productivity is to remove all social media from my phone and email from my phone. Some of us like to email from our phones. Every email that I receive can wait until I'm sitting at my iPad or my laptop. Unless your business is completely driven by making reels and videos for social media on your phone's camera, there's literally no good reason to have these platforms installed on your phone ever. Their business model, Facebook, linked all of them, their business model relies on stealing your focus and attention, which you desperately need. We all know it's true. Just do it. Get these things off your phone. I've even gone so far as to remove news apps from my phone as I don't need to be that connected and, and I don't need to know what's going on in the world every 10 seconds. Instead, I installed a free app called Press Reader on my iPad. I log into it using my library card, which is also free. And there I get free access to all the magazines and newspapers and publications that the Calgary Public Library has access to. And you can do this with, I think, most uh, libraries across North America. It's brilliant. And it forces me to consume 20 or 30 new minutes of news per day on my iPad rather than constantly scrolling it on my phone. So if you want to read a really well compiled research and position book on this topic, check out Stolen Focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again by a dude named Johan Hari. This is one of my best book picks for 2023. It's a great read and it'll give you a lot of context as to how damaging these platforms are and all the other forces in the world that are stealing our focus, which as an entrepreneur, we need our focus. So that's it. I hope something in this episode has hit a chord with you and you can use any of my 12 productivity hacks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.